With the rising tide of artificial intelligence, it seems only fair to balance it out with some barely human intelligence. If you're looking for hot takes on the Kardashians' love life, or which sad sat man Taylor Swift will write her next pining girl power song about, you're in the wrong place. <laughs> if you want to hear wild speculation on how Nessie has remained hidden for all these years, or what sexual position the Bigfoot prefers for <laughs> procreation, this is your show. Welcome to Strange Shenanigans. Welcome, I'm Ashley, and this is... Stan. And today we have a special main only episode, because if you're not living here, wherever you live probably sucks. Right. <laughs> so I'm going to talk about my favorite guy, Bigfoot. What? Bigfoot? I love Bigfoot. Do you, get, do you get into what sexual positions they prefer for procreation? I don't. No, today no. You didn't prepare me for you, the intro. False advertising. I had no idea. Where are you going, Emane? Uh, I'm going to talk about the Haunted Highway, which is near Wells, Maine. Ooh, Ooh Haunted Highway. Spooky. <laughs> All right, well, let's look in and get into some Bigfoot. Yeah, have that. All right. So, Maine has had Bigfoot encounters, just like everybody else. But every country seems to have their own type of large animal that no one has ever seen before. Maine, like many others, has Bigfoot. Not like the Bigfoot of Alabama. We aren't like totally obsessed or lucky enough to have our own Bigfoot festival. But we have our share of tales and encounters. I personally like our main stories because ours seem to be subtle, calm, and seem more practical to me than other Bigfoot and Yeti tales I've heard. Dennis Frazier of Durham, Maine, said in a 2019 interview with Fox Bangor that if you don't want to believe him, he doesn't care. He knows what he saw. In October 2017, Dennis was backing up his car early in the morning and saw a creature right in his driveway. I went right up my driveway and when I got to the top of the hill, I see this black thing. I had to slam on my brakes. I almost hit it. This thing wasn't more than six feet high, but it was absolutely humongous. It was coal black, long fur, and the face was white. It had huge oblong eyes. It turned, looked at me, and then went right into the woods. And that was it. John Bear Mitchell is a University of Maine professor and had his own calm encounter with Bigfoot. He said, I just happened to be in a place where this animal, this creature, was. And at the same time, we bumped into each other in the woods. And once we noticed each other, we both went our separate ways. That's another fantastic Manor Bigfoot story to me. Unlike the wild man, if you remember our wild man episode, uh, Bangor Hunting Magazine picked that right up and wondered if they could eat it. Right, obviously. But these actual encounters are pretty common, chill ones. That's why they're more believable to me. Uh, my last story is from a gentleman named Daniel Green. He told his own story to the Bangor Daily News in 2017 and decided to make a career out of it. Well, yeah, of course. I know. That's they why I saved do. the best for last. 
He said his personal experience was in the mid-80s. It was during the daytime. Franklin is, of course, very rural, and we live near Scudic Mountain. We are just going to go for a walk, myself and my dog. I had her on a leash. We were ascending a gentle blueberry ridge in back of our house. I didn't see anything, but without warning, something called out twice. There were two distinct cries, each sounding the same and occurring one after the other. They had a gutter quality ending a little deeper than they started and struck me at the time and upon reflection as perhaps being beyond human convention to precisely mimic. I had the distinct impression I was hearing an ape. The sound maker made its cries and then repaired back into the woods and though I never saw it, I could hear its passage through the brush. I can't imagine it was something about the size of a black bear. I certainly think that it let us know that it was there because it was irritated or agitated that we were coming across it. Whatever it was sounded natural enough just out of place here in Maine. It was unnerving in the sense that moose, deer, or bear, I'm pretty sure, don't sound like that. And that was his encounter. Nice. I don't, so what's the verdict? For me, I really do believe there are undiscovered creatures in our mean woods. With 5,000 new species already discovered in 2003 around the world, it wouldn't surprise me at all that we have an unknown large cat or different species of bear around the woods. But these main tales kind of tell me that if there is Bigfoot out there, we're probably the only ones out there who aren't going to bother it. Yep. That's what it sounds like to me. Yeah. Well, that not only that, but uh, just recently caught on, they're caught on uh, game trails and inland fishery wildlife trails all the time. Uh, everybody knows we have coyote wolves, which are hybrid coyote wolves. Yep. But uh, recently uh, it's been increasing that they're catching coyote wolves that are too big to be coyote wolves and are actually probably wolves which uh wolves have supposedly been extinct for hundreds of years in maine oh yeah we've been yep. had them forever but turns out we very well could yep. so even though finding bigfoot was on air or is still on air or whatever for and they I still don't haven't know, freaking found him. forever right they haven't found him it seems to me that if he is hiding up here in maine Kind of sounds like we're just going to leave them alone. Right. We're not going to do anything. That, that's the main way. That really mind your own freaking business exactly. and all my Exactly. It's the main way right there. Yep. We'll be right back with the story of Wittrot Road and George Burroughs. Okay, this comes from us from WCYY Radio. For as long as most people can remember, Witch Trot Road in both York and South Berwick has existed as a way to get somewhere. It starts off at Route 91 in York and extends through South Berwick. But as far as history goes, or alleged history that is, Witch Trot Road is more frightening streets that exist in the state of Maine. According to New England folklore, the connection lies, lies in the Puritan minister, George Burroughs. Um, George Burroughs was captured 
here in Maine after fleeing Salem, Massachusetts, and then uh, dragged back to Salem to stand trials for witchcraft. So the true story of George Burroughs and Witch Trot Road um, leaves very little to be spooky or spectacular about Witch Trot Road itself. I mean, even as you read through the, the story from the radio station, which is sensationalizing bullshit, there's nothing spooky or haunted about the road. But the story of George Burroughs himself is pretty intense. So George Burroughs lost his wife while living in Salem, Massachusetts, and could not afford to bury her because the congregation of his church stopped paying him altogether. So he was forced to go into debt with a man he didn't like or trust, who already didn't like him. And then when he couldn't repay the debt, he fled to Maine. He first moved into a certain part of southern Maine, and uh, his home was destroyed uh, by the Wabanakis, and he had to move. After the move, he had settled in with his second wife and children when uh, the authorities came pounding at the door. He was accused of witchcraft and uh, was to be brought back to Salem to receive a trial. Hmm. This is the, uh, the account uh, published in 1700 by Robert Califf in his, his uh, works, More Wonders of the Invisible World. Mr. Burroughs was carried in a cart with others through the streets of Salem to execution. When he was upon the ladder, he made a speech for the clearing of his innocency. With such solemn and serious expressions as were to be the admiration of all present, his prayer, which he concluded by repeating the Lord's Prayer, was so well worded and uttered with such composedness as such fervency of spirit as was very affecting and drew tears from many so that it seemed to some that the spectators would hinder the execution altogether. The accusers said the black man, parentheses devil, stood and dictated to him. As soon as he was turned off, parentheses hanged, Ooh. Mr. Cotton Mather, being mounted upon a horse, addressed himself to the people, partly to declare that he, Mr. Burroughs, was no ordained minister, partly to possesses the people of his guilt, saying that the devil often had been transformed into an angel of light, and this did somewhat appease the people, and the executions went on. When he, Mr. Burroughs, was cut down, he was dragged by a halter to a hole or grave between the rocks about two feet deep. His shirt and breeches were being pulled off, and an old pair of trousers on one executed put on his lower parts. He was so put in together with Willard and Carrier that one of his hands and his chin and a foot of one of the others was left uncovered. Mm-hmm. So, Burroughs was arrested on witchcraft charges, May 4th, 1692. Um, the accusations of witchcraft based on the man he owed a debt to. Ah, there we go. Yeah. And uh, so, the, the government of Massachusetts uh, recognized his innocence later. And awarded his estate 50 pounds. Oh, well, you know, at yep. least those kids are compensated right. for not having a dad. Um, the test that he was put through to prove that he was a, that he was a witch uh, was that he was given a, uh, a rifle and he was supposed to pick it up with one finger. And if he could, then that proved he was a devil. 
which <laughs> none of this happened, but the supposed rifle actually hung in a, the Freiburg library until it burnt down. Oh, that would actually be pretty cool to have, mm-hmm. I have to say. <laughs> right. But uh, I, I looked into this more, and uh, this this is what really kind of spurred the end of, of the witch trials. Uh, because after this, Thomas Addy, who was a uh, physician and humanist, wrote uh, two skeptical books on witchcraft altogether, mm-hmm. saying that the people who believe in it basically are morons who can <laughs> just be wildly influenced to do whatever the, their uh, their judges and, and people of power want them to be. And that, in reality, the more or devilish and awful thing to be doing would be to use use God to bring about uh, some sort of vengeance on people who had done nothing but owed you money or cheated on you or whatnot and have <laughs> you. Uh, this was not the last witch trial, though. No. This led me down a rabbit hole to find the, the, the last witch trial, which was actually in 1878. Yep. Uh, and it was all brought about because of the Christian science religion, oh. which uh, this, uh, this young lady had decided to uh, bring about a, uh, a revolution of. Lucetria Brown was a 50-year-old spinstress who lived in Ipswich, Massachusetts, a town about 12 miles northeast of Salem, Massachusetts. An injury to her spine during childhood left her disabled, but she had, she said Christian science had healed her. She suffered a relapse in 1877 and again in 1878 and accused uh, Daniel Spofford, who was her right-hand man-slash-lover, uh, by uh, interfering with her health through mesmerism. <laughs> and she actually took it to court and tried to sue him for it. And uh, she brought up all these witnesses from her Christian science religion, which is based around uh, mediums and nonsense <laughs> like that and everything. And uh, the uh, the judge, almost immediately after hearing the facts, dismissed it and told Nobody to bother him with this shit ever again. <laughs> he was just so fed up by the whole concept of it. It just drove him nuts. So, uh, I like digging into these witch trial things and all that. Because th- people know a lot about the witch trials of Salem. Salem's a big tourist attraction now. But they think they do. Which is, with, which is all a bunch of phony baloney bullshit. To propagate the fact that they killed a bunch of women who could read, essentially. And uh, <laughs> and uh, priests who uh, were disillusioned with the fact that the government was assaulting people, you know, in their own own jurisdictions and stuff. But I, I found that uh, what's more interesting even than the uh, Salem witch trials and all that is the other types of trials that are long forgotten by history. Like we covered the werewolf trial in Germany. Yep. And coming up in a, in a new episode, we'll be covering the uh, vampire panic of uh, of New England. Ooh. Which was constituted to do with witch trials, essentially. Just don't learn how to read. Right. That's all I get out of don't this. Don't learn how to read. And uh, don't go against the grain, apparently, okay. in New England. <laughs> I do like that when he was like, I need to go to a safe haven where the government can't screw with me. He was like, I'm going to Maine. Well, like, yeah, that's what we all do. to get away from these schmucks. 
But through all that research, I found nothing about Wichita Road actually having anything to do with George Burroughs, like it claims. Because it is claimed that he was uh, brought back on foot by two guards from Maine along this road, and that's why the road's so spooky. But in reality, the reason the road's so spooky is Maine is terrible about upgrading its road systems <laughs> and it's covered in potholes and the trees are too close to the road that's what makes it actually spooky bad lighting bad you know. lighting so if, if we put in between the bad lighting the potholes it's a main road so i'm gonna assume some curves uh, and the, stuff there's a stream that runs near it so fog is constantly right? rolling fog. over it just like every other road they in all Maine. make great excuses to be like okay instead of fixing it guys we're gonna make a spooky let's story make it spooky. we're gonna make it endearing let's do a media blitz <laughs> and we're gonna save a couple hundred thousand dollars Let's do this. But that also leads you to uh, don't believe everything you hear on the radio these days. That's I mean, true. obviously this was shared as some clickbait, and it dragged me in. I was like, Ooh, haunted <laughs> road, hell yeah! But you got you got to you know, take everything with a grain of salt nowadays. The real story is way more interesting than the fake. Clickbait yeah, it really story. is. The other thing is, this is just another you know ancient main story that we're finding out. Is it true? Isn't true or or is very loosely related in any way. Because right. the reality is, if they were bringing him back to Salem to try him, they're not going to drag him the, like, eight hours by car that it takes us now right. on foot. It's just not happening. Especially with all the ports that Southern Maine had at the time. Oh, yeah, plenty of them. That would have taken them right to Massachusetts in much quicker time. Well, unfortunately... Maybe being so desperate for, like, a spooky story, that's why we keep exaggerating but these things. But that's the thing. We have some real spooky stories. We do. I've got a couple that I'll I'll, uh, I'll bring along with me next time so that we can really get into the true spooky, creepy stories that have historical significance <laughs> and basis. All right, let's get to the real main. Right, exactly. Coming up in an episode soon. Right? I think that's all we've got for you today, folks. This has been a short one, but this has been the Strange Shenanigans Show with... Ashley and Stan. Yep. You can find us on Twitter at The Strange Show, Podbean at The Strange Show. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok on Strange Shenanigans. And I believe we are on the YouTube now. We are on the YouTube now. You can find us, if it'll load. It's also under The Strange Show. Google The Strange Show, or you put it in the YouTube search bar, you'll find it. I you'll find so. it. And don't forget, we're on Patreon under Strange Shenanigans, where you get behind-the-scenes footage. You want to know where we get all our information from? It's right there, so you can fact-check us all you want. We'll see you next time. Stay on the strange side. Woo!